Welcome to episode 23 of Offbeat Tracks. I'm Max. Are we at 24? No, we're 23. We're at 23. We're Never at 23. Mind. We're really good at counting. The Finger Boys were 22 plus one <laughs> makes 23 now. <laughs> so here we are at Christmas. We're going to talk about Christmas. <laughs> There's not much that rhymes with Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, I, you know, yeah. I, I have this really bizarre affinity for pop Christmas music because I don't really care for Christmas. Like, yeah, people tend to have very strong feelings about Christmas. You know, yes. they're like, I fucking love Christmas. Get out of my way. You know, I'm the biggest elf on the shelf, blah, blah, blah. You know, or they're like, oh, Christmas is the worst. I'm just kind of like, yeah, Christmas. All right. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I just don't really think about it. I mean, it's not something I particularly enjoy, but I certainly don't hate it. But I really, really, really do like pop Christmas music. I find it fascinating because I think like it's, I really love when music is like a tradition kind of a thing. It very rarely is. So, so many people have their Christmas songs and I love when you get new ones that yeah. mix the new with the old. I like that a lot. My favorite thing about pop Christmas music is that a lot of this stuff was not really notable or big hits when it came out, mm-hmm. but it has this way of like... Uh, invading pop culture and just being this pervasive thing that we still hear every year and everybody knows this stuff. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, like the electric slide, like how we still do it at every dance and wedding and whatnot, but like nobody knows that it's by Marsha Griffiths or the name of the song or anything yeah, else. You know just, what I mean? It's, it's just, just a tradition. It's those, th- yeah, it's one of those things. It's, it's, it, when it comes out, it just usually goes totally unrecognized, but mm-hmm. yet years later, here we all know it. Yeah, I think it's kind of neat to think about that. I think the very first song on my list is a very perfect example of that because it was released by a new wave group Mm -hmm. um, who was not notable at the time other than like weird alternative rock radio. Um, It's the group The Waitresses who are most known for the song um, I Know What Boys Like. Yes, And you know, they have this Christmas song called Christmas Rapping. And even like four years ago, I don't think anybody, I think most people didn't know this song. I didn't hear this song. And I listen actively to this kind of music and i had never heard christmas rapping like before we did the show no 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 no. like until a few years ago right well i i had known this song for years Mm -hmm. and um i I think that it was covered on glee and i think that i'm gonna blame that for its re-entry into grander pop culture but a lot of people seem to know this song now which makes me very happy because it is my favorite pop christmas song ever and i say pop question mark because the waitresses are not really a pop group it's like the They're new christmas weird. it's not traditional christmas song. yeah yeah it's um back in 2010 i was working in small town radio in bowling green and uh one of our we, we had we owned three radio stations we had a i worked in a building where the country station was but there was another building a few towns over that had like a light rock fm station mm-hmm. and we would throw that to all christmas music starting um after thanksgiving and uh this lady called me <laughs> when I was in the building one day and was like, hey, um, I want to request a Christmas song, but I don't really know the name of it. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, doing my work halfway listening to her. And she's like, yeah, I don't know. This lady, she's like singing about how she's been trying to make a date with some guy all year and she keeps running into him and she can't make a date. And then finally on Christmas Eve, and I didn't even let her finish. I just started, I was like, that's Christmas rapping. That's Christmas rapping. And the waitress said it's the best song. <laughs> and I like, I got this woman all worked up into a fervor. She's like, oh my gosh, I love that song. And like, she felt my excitement. It was very cute. It was, it was Christmas magic in itself. That really, see, I, I don't believe in Christmas magic, but that is Christmas magic. <laughs> it, I made a new waitresses fan that day. It was a really good thing about this song my friend um who listens to the show will definitely be listening to this and he made 
This is like at Thanksgiving. He made a Facebook post that was like, all right, so now that we're in Christmas, he's like, I don't go out all that much and I don't go to stores and I don't really listen to Christmas music. How many days into the season until I inevitably hear Christmas rapping? <laughs> it's true. So, you like, hear it somewhere. So like we've all like a bunch of us have like taken bets on whatever it is. I need to count. I should have counted what day it is because this comes out Monday. I've said day 18. So here's the thing. I don't know if he's, I don't think he's heard it yet, but oh. we're going to pop a clip in and- so I just realized we're going to screw up his bet, and that makes me so happy. You're sneakily like using our show I to rig a bet? I just realized it. That's amazing. So I'm sorry, Sean. You're about to hear it, and it's going to be really good. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Sean. Got to roll the clip. I really hope it's day 18. have a 100% favorite Christmas song <laughs> that I consider part of my soul, and I've spent years and years defending it because everyone hates it but me, apparently. And it is Band-Aids. Do they know? <laughs> it's Christmas. And for some pe- reason, people hate this song, and I don't know why. Well, I think it's for perfect. For some reason. Well, okay. Tell me why you hate the song. Tell me why you hate the song. Well, I okay. I didn't hate it when I was younger, but I, you know, when you're a privileged white boy... <laughs> You know, you don't really think about the absurdity of a bunch of mostly European pop stars singing about people in Africa not knowing that it's Christmas. You know, and then you get to be an adult and you're like, oh, right, they probably don't give a shit that it's Christmas because they aren't Christians, they aren't yeah, American, what, you know, whatever. Like, I get that And really, point. is that what we're worried about? Is that the most important thing, that they know that it's Christmas? I get that point. But number one, they're trying to help the problems of like, you know. Not That's that true. They were they raising were, money, yes, and your average good. keyboard warrior two, does not I do always, That's very true. I've always taken the lyrics as like a way of being like, hey, look how comfortable you are at Christmas. No one's fucking bombing you. You have all of these cool things to eat. Like, look at all this stuff. You're not even thinking about these people, but you should think about these people because these people are suffering. So it's like that, like that line that everyone hates from Bono that like, Tonight, thank God, it's them instead of you, which sounds like a douche thing to say. But to me, that's like saying, this is what you're thinking, and that's shitty. No, I, I completely agree with you, actually. I yeah. think that's probably the least shitty line in the song. Because okay. it is, yeah, it is It is kind of like him putting a middle finger up to the, you know, middle class people yeah, to listening me, it's to like it. like a call to be like, hey, think about all of this stuff that you're not thinking about while you're having, like, the best day. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's great. And also the music is fantastic and everyone is ridiculous in it. And it is very mid eighties soft pop, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. You should there's like some really good stuff that you can read about like the forming of Band-Aid. And it was just kind of like haphazard and ridiculous. And like Bob Geldof, of course, who is always Bob Geldof, was like the one person he had to have of all these people was like, I gotta get the guy from Spandau Ballet. <laughs> like which is so like passing well, to think about Bob knew star power when he saw it yeah he was like I don't know this isn't gonna work without Spandau Ballet guy <laughs> whose name I can never remember but like <laughs> it's so funny but this is by the way this is um the highest selling Christmas like or the highest selling single that never made it to number one in the UK really yeah this didn't make it to number one because I it think was that's competing the more surprising well it's part. like the uk has the christmas number one which i'm super obsessed with and it's like i think it's a cool tradition and it's such a big deal there like whatever the... is number one at christmas oh but it was competing with last christmas which i'm sure we'll talk about oh it, they were out at the same time and last christmas was number one and do they know it's christmas never made number one 
Interesting. I know. Could you imagine like both of those songs at the same time? That is so cool to me. What a time to be alive. I was in a womb, but I could have been alive. Okay, so you brought up last Christmas, so let's talk about last Christmas. Yeah, let's talk about it. A classic cr- Christmas uh, duet of sorts. I mean, it's going to be a duet. It's, it's a duet. I mean, they both sing, so yeah, sure. I, yeah. No, last Christmas is, I love Wham. Yeah, and I mean, this, this is probably, if nothing else, I think we can say safely that this is the gayest Christmas song. <laughs> Everything I mean, Wham touches turns to gay. So, yeah, I mean, it's pretty when gay. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's kind of a weird Christmas song. It's not oh, like yeah. I mean, it's really, really weird. about Christmas, but it just works because it's fantastic. Yep. You know, last year I was talking about Christmas music with like a dude that I liked. And for some reason, the way that I was like trying to like show off was I said that I was the, and I still don't know what this means, but I'm not going back from it. I called myself the American foremost expert on Wham. Well, like I, that was a way to say I would support that title. I mean, I think even without seeing your resume, I would I would support that. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, that'll really seduce him. Tell him I know a whole lot about Wham. That gets the dudes. <laughs> but then I was like, you know what? Whatever. Especially the straight ones. I know, right? <laughs> We talked last week about teasing the um, Vanga Boys. Oh, we yes. We had more. The Vanga Boys, I don't remember this coming out. I discovered this Oh, I on definitely Spotify. did not remember this. Like, this came out in, like, 2014-ish. And I was on Spotify listening to the Vanga Boys. And I looked, and I was like, the Xmas Party album. <laughs> and I was like... It's exactly what it sounds like, folks. Yes, it is a Vanga Boys album of, like... There's, like, one song that's original, but it's stupid. Don't even care about it. But, like, it's basically all of their hit songs... With dumb overlays of like jingle bells yes, and like oh, it's oh, sleigh bells oh. and ho ho hos exactly, yeah, and they have like dumb remix names which I can't even like. <laughs> the Armin Van Blizzard mix. Yeah, we're going to Ibiza. Armin Van Blizzard mix <laughs> up and down. DJ Carol Cox X mix. <laughs> Kiss when the sun don't shine. Triesto versus Triab. <laughs> and we like to party. DJ Hardbell mix. Oh, it's, it's just wonderful. So ridiculous. And so basically, if you like the Venga Boys, as we do. Hear it off beat tracks. Indeed. Um, if you like it, but you know, you just want to take that and put a little bit of a Christmas flavor. Um, a Christmas juge, if you will. A Christmas juge. It is just a slight juge and it's ridiculous and you I don't know why they did that, but I'm really glad that they did. So that's that's an option for your Christmas party. <laughs>
You know, sometimes songs blur the line between pop Christmas and like what feels traditional at this point. Yeah. And I think this song feels traditional, but I treat it like a pop Christmas song because when it came out, it was. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, Brenda Lee's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, yes. which I am, I, I, this is a brilliant song. This is just a simply mm-hmm. brilliant, wonderful, wonderful song. You know I didn't know till recently? Like... Brenda Lee was huge in the 60s. Yeah, huge. Own, I never realized like how yeah, she was huge a big pop star. Was. Yeah, so it's like I kind of always thought of her as this. And I, I don't know. I just I love the uh, production on this song. Mm-hmm. I love the instrumentation. I love that weird wah wah sound the guitar <laughs> does at the end. Like it just everything about this song is just it's very in like it's so early 1960s. You yeah. know, it's like before the Beatles fucked everything up. Wow. Uh-huh. Um, Triggered. <laughs> when, like, you know, people were still making fun, kind of, like, Motown-y, swingy, dancey rock yeah. music. And I don't know. This song is just so, it's so that. Yeah, I mean, it's fun, and it's still, like, it's that kind of new pop sound, or at least it was then. But mm-hmm. I think at this point, it sounds like it's it's treated like the old traditional songs. Like exactly, yeah. But like you would you would really see not. this. I think you would see this on a CD of Christmas traditionals at this point. Oh yeah, you would definitely. Um, and I also have to point out that a few years ago, somebody pointed out that it sounds like she's saying later we'll have some fucking pie and we'll do some caroling. And I've never been able to unhear that because <laughs> I'm not gonna def- be able to unhear it. Either. Definitely sounds exactly <laughs> like exactly like that. Yeah, I would like that song better if those were the weird. Real lyrics. My next one, which is like low key, I don't really like low key very much. Um, but uh, Bing Crosby and David Bowie, <laughs> little drummer boy with a peace on earth like mashup, it's yeah. like a 70s mashup, and it's great. And the story of it is hilarious because it's like 77, so like David's David Bowie's already like a pretty big star, right? And he's already had his like Ziggy Stardust moments, and he's already been very weird. You're looking at my tattoo. By the way, I just got a tattoo, guys. And it's she did. Richard Nixon with Ziggy Stardust makeup. It's totally normal. Everyone has it. But anyway, so... Um, she's not kidding. I'm, it's literally on yeah. her arm, and it's looking at me as she's talking about yeah. David Bowie. Yes. I wish I had better she accused, biceps. She accused me of looking at it. it it's looking at me. Like, <laughs> Bowie Nixon is glaring at me across this table. I need to lift more so I can, like, make it move more while people are looking at it. <laughs> Give an old eyebrow raise. <laughs> Sun's out, guns out. That's right. Anyway, David Bowie, Bing Crosby. So it's, like, 77. This is, like, really close to when Bing Crosby dies. He dies, like, a month after this. But... David Bowie is, like, trying to reshape his image into being, like, square again and, like, normal. So he's, like, Bing Crosby's doing this Christmas special. And they're, like, hey, David, why don't you go hang out with Bing Crosby? And, like, David's, like, uh, okay. And Bing Crosby's, like, who the hell's this guy? Exactly. And, like, <laughs> there's, like, still speculation to whether Bing Crosby even knew who he was or, like, even cared. Well, when you watch the video of this, and I mean, you, there, you can't just listen to this. You have to watch oh, the video yeah. from the special. Bing is just so over it. Yes. You know, he's just like, all right, uh, what are we doing here? You know, you can just tell he just like, mm-hmm. he wanted to go home and like chug some 
<laughs> alcoholic, and he just did not want to deal with this yep. shit. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Bing Crosby also, they were supposed to just do Little Drummer Boy together as like a duet. Apparently, David Bowie hates Little Drummer Boy. That's like a song that he hates, and he's like, I'm not fucking doing that. Like, fuck this. So, like, he gets some guy, and they, like, write up this other song really quick to, like, overlay over it, the Peace on Earth thing that he sings. And it becomes a whole thing that's very weird to watch because it's very un-David Bowie, and Bing Crosby's just old, and we're not sure if he knows where he is. And well, He was very close to death, too. I mean, what what year did he they died, do this? It's 77. So, like, they so he, recorded this, It was this, the like, same year that he died. Yeah, it was, like, a month before he died. Wow. Which was, I think was his last TV appearance was this dumb special wow so like yeah it like aired it ended up airing after he died i think because they I think he recorded in like october or something probably um yeah so it <laughs> yeah it's i, I remember ridiculous. seeing on pop-up video remember pop-up video yes on vh1 mm-hmm. i was obsessed with that when i was like that was Me like too. probably pop-up video was probably the origin of my obsession with music trivia and general pop culture. Yeah, trivia. between that and um, Behind the Music. Oh, yeah. They were on all the time. But we did. I remember seeing a pop-up of this of this clip of them singing this song, and I remember seeing that Bowie wrote that Peace on Earth part mm-hmm. because he thought that Little Drummer Boy wouldn't show off his voice enough. Yeah, yeah. He just did, he didn't like the song, and like you know, he wanted to be like, hey, I'm going to get into... Th- yeah, but it's just very funny because... Which probably only led to Bing's annoyance, you know? <laughs> Bing was just so over it, man. He just wanted to go home. <laughs> By the way, if you all like want an extra homework thing, just read about like Bing Crosby as like a human being. There are some very good stories out there and some very interesting controversies of who Bing Crosby is. So like, if you like Bing Crosby as your um, America's sweetheart, that's not the word for an old guy but if you like that beautiful white christmas like endearing traditional what a gentleman don't read about bing crosby but for entertainment purposes read about bing crosby yes read about bing crosby <laughs> our finest gifts we bring Um, I think this next one I'm going to bring up kind of harkens back to last Christmas because it's a a group that was known for doing alternative records and kind of strange music, the Cocteau Mm -hmm. Twins, who were like... um, some people call them dream pop. Some people call it shoegaze. It's, I mean, it's kind of all, they tell a few all of lines. the above. Yeah, yeah. but um, they very unusual vocals, very like um, kind of wall of sound instrumentation. Mm. They were they were known. It's it's very beautiful music, um, but they do this great version of Frosty the Snowman. I think that they may have either been on like a Christmas collab or maybe even did a whole Christmas album. I'm not really sure because I think there are other Cocteau Twins Christmas songs floating around out there. But this one in particular, I always go back to every year because it's just, it's my, by far and away, my favorite version ever of Frosty the Snowman, which is the stupidest song. It is really dumb. But they somehow make it very beautiful. And it's just so cute and endearing to hear her sing this. And I don't know. I love it. Yeah. I had never heard this actually until you put this on there. I've never been a Cocteau Twins kind of girl. But yeah, I mean, it's fun and it's cool. And I still don't like that song though because I just hate Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> you Grinch. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, 
All right, we got to talk about Mariah Carey. Yeah, figured this was coming. Do you not like it? No, I like it just fine. I, you got to love it. It's weird that this, this... was my first CD I ever had, by the way. Really? But like, not the first one that I bought with my own money. That was pure funk. Um, but yeah, the first one I ever got as a present when I got a like CD player was Mariah Carey's Merry Christmas album. And it was so good. And a lot of the music on it is so good. But of course, you've got All I Want for Christmas is You, which has become the instant classic. It is like, the, it's weird. It is the modern classic. It's, I don't know anyone who doesn't love it. Like when it comes on, you've got to move a little bit. I guess I think that um, it, it's it's getting into this territory now where it's one of these things that's like a bullying pop culture thing. I give you that. And I really tend to start hating things when they get to that level. I don't hate this song. I'm not there yet. But I do hate these things that get beaten over everyone's heads. That's like, you have to like this. Everyone likes this. Yeah. And I think this song is getting, it's it's getting close you to that. You know what's funny? I kind of went through that a few years ago when I was just like, okay, y'all got to quit. Yeah. Y'all got to quit it. But then like it still comes on sometimes and I'm like, oh, got to do it. So like to me, it's like one of those that just still pushes through it. Like came on last night when I was at dinner. I was like in the middle of a conversation and I was like, I got to sing it. I'm sorry. <laughs> and actually, I, I am curious because you said this, that was mm. your first CD. Yeah. Um, Do you remember it playing a whole lot though when we were kids like on the radio and on mtv and whatnot like i i remember seeing the video here and there around the holidays like on vh1 but i don't i don't remember like everybody knowing that song it's hard for me i mean i remember like all of my friends knew it i don't know if you know i was like eight or nine at the time so Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to gauge like what i knew versus what everyone else knew. sure i'm just talking about kind of like childhood in general like you know for the rest of the 90s after it came out and even in high know, school, I don't know. I don't think I really heard. I think I heard it more like going into college. Yeah. Like every it was just like that pop song that I think maybe everyone remembered. I think that I went for years without actually hearing it very much out in pop culture, and then I feel like probably around five years ago it just had this weird resurgence, and now everybody loves this song again. And you know what? I think probably it had uh, to do with when the Billboard rules changed and they started yeah. including YouTube views, which I think happened in two thousand nine. Um, and I think that it became re-eligible for Billboard re-entry. And I think it that, re-enters every I year. I think that that was one of the first uh, notable songs that re-entered. And I think that perhaps that, coming back up, I'm like saying all this out loud and remembering this stream of consciousness. But I think that that, that happening, and, and there were these news articles like, well, look, this song didn't chart well when it came out, but now it's charting because these rules changed. And yeah. I think people took retook notice of it. And I think that might have been what, what yeah, been, yeah, I remember saying that like uh, this is a song that like re-enters the charts like every – it's not like, you know, in top 10, but yep. like it'll like re-enter like 79 every year. Yep. Another funny story about – this is not – it's a little off topic of Mariah Carey, but it's really funny about Christmas number ones in the UK, which – we could do like a whole thing on that, but we're not. I don't know to. very much about this, so go on. Like, it's always like a big deal. Like, what's going to be the Christmas number one? And sometimes it's a Christmas song, and sometimes it's just a huge song that's popular in culture. But it's always a big deal. Um, and like, love actually takes on that, like the whole idea of what's the Christmas number one. It really is like that. Anyway, in two thousand nine, um, some people decided to do a campaign to like sabotage the Christmas number one. And so they decided to um, try to get Rage Against the Machines killing in the name of as the Christmas number one in 2009. And it was successful. So it's funny. So you have like all these pop songs (laughs) and all these Christmas songs like throughout the years. And then like suddenly in 2009, you look at the list and it's like Rage Against the Machine killing in the name of. And I love Britain. 
They're so great for that. By the way, I just checked the Billboard Hot 100 this week, and All I Want for Christmas Is You is the current number 17 song in Holy the country. Holy shit. Isn't so that awesome? Like, I think it's great. Um, I mentioned earlier that Last Christmas was the gayest Christmas song, but this... Are you I think, rethinking it? <laughs> I think this one could give it a run Christmas for its money. Christmas is pretty fucking gay. <laughs> yeah, Christmas is pretty gay. Uh, the Hollow Notes version of Jingle Bell Rock, which which does, uh, I don't know, of, of course it's the best version of Jingle Bell Rock. <laughs> I mean, the only time I ever need to hear the original Jingle Bell Rock is uh, the, uh, from when it's in Home Alone 2. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, Hollow Notes can win. I I've mean, never... just bless. It's like, you know, going, it's like, this is what your gay neighbor's house looks like on, on Christmas. <laughs> going over and him and his mustachioed partner have baked some almond tarts for you. Here you go. We're all going to sit around in this very well-decorated house. I mean, it's, it's a very accurate depiction of gay Christmas. <laughs> I've never actually thought of it that way. But um, yeah, now I like this a little bit better. The original, by the way, I do want to throw his name out, was Bobby Helms. And his his yeah. version is is pretty good. Everyone uh, knows but I mean, but come on. You can't you can't you can't mess with Hall Notes. get another silly one out um the weather girls dear santa oh yeah man this christmas yeah you sent me this one i'd never heard this before somehow <laughs> it's so dumb it's, it's a little bit of the venga boys thing so like this comes out like right after it's raining men uh-huh. like they're pretty big Cash at this in point. on that christmas hit. so basically they just make a christmas song that is it's raining men and it's just like it's like hey santa <laughs> like it's like just the weather girls like saying Bring me a man for Christmas. It's basically, it's raining men, but a Christmas song. Like, they did not even try. But you know what? I like it better that way. It is perfect and silly and stupid, and you should watch it and watch the video. I completely concur. Hi, hi. We're your weather girl. Uh-huh. And have we got holiday news for you. You better listen. This is an open letter to Mr. Santa Claus. Um, I'm going to do kind of a twofer here. Um, I love Julie Brown. We we will have an episode about her in the future for sure. Um, I interviewed her a few years ago. She's just the coolest, funniest person. Yeah. Um, but Julie Brown was this like comedy music figure who arose in the early 1980s and, and just was this odd little pop culture figure. She's mm-hmm. kind of like the Cyndi Lauper of comedy. Can we call her that? I think that's kind of fair. I think fair. that's pretty, yeah. Yeah, she's like not quite on the Cyndi Lauper level of weird. I think she was a little more mainstream than than Cyndi, 
but the same kind of like quirky, goofy, She's very, kind of a, very little ego. Very along the lines of Tracy Ullman in a way. Yeah, yeah. Very Tracy Ullman-esque. But, you know, just just really funny woman. Um, she released a, an album, an EP called Goddess in Progress in, I think, 1982 that had, uh, had a song on it called The Homecoming Queen's Got a Gun, mm-hmm. which became this big novelty hit. It got played on the Dr. Demento show, which was like this novelty radio show. But... Uh, by the late 80s, she got signed to, um, I think it was Warner Brothers Records. It was it was some major label mm-hmm. and got an album, a full album put out. And the record label would do these Christmas albums. So they would take artists that they had signed to the Christmas records and get them to do these little like Christmas songs or whatnot. So Julie, not really, I mean, she was a singer, a songwriter, but yeah. she she elected to take her time on these to do like comedy bits. So one of them is called Ways to Save Money at Christmas. This was, I think, the first one that she did. And it was it's just all this goofy stuff about you should just, instead of buying a fruitcake, you should just glue some jelly beans to a brick because nobody eats those things anyway yeah, and that kind of it's thing. very true. She's like, instead of buying a plastic reindeer, put horns on your dog and tell him, stay. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's very funny. But the better one is the one that's called My Night Before Christmas. And this is a lot harder to find. We'll put a little clip of it up. And I, I wish the whole thing were available online somewhere. It's, it's very, very hard to find. But she basically tells this story about how she is planning like a power brunch for she and her rich friends and uh it gets canceled and she was gonna get drunk and was all depressed about it but then she realized the true meaning of christmas so she decided to go round up some poor people she's like but i live in beverly hills so it's kind of hard you know but i finally found some poor people but you know they weren't really poor they were just kind of badly dressed and so like, she brings them back to her house and tries to tries to learn the true meaning of christmas it's very very funny so yes if you if you can find this anywhere listen to it we'll put a little clip of of both of them here um but yeah just really 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 funny stuff Twas like the night before Christmas and all through the house, not a creature was stirring except the maid who was redoing the windows because they were streaky and I was having people over the next day for Christmas power brunch. Okay, so then the caterer calls and canceled because he'd just done this like power buffet for Madonna and he said it'd given him a nervous breakdown. Well, I just freaked. I mean, it was total PMS time. Um, I'm going to go with my favorite song of like 1998 <laughs> um, because I was a 13-year-old girl. And every 13-year-old girl had the NSYNC Christmas album. Everyone. You gotta have Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. It's a good song. It's stupid and dumb. But it's really... You hate it. You're shaking your head. I do. But I I just... I never got on the boy band train. The late 90s... Late 90s and beyond boy band train. Until One Direction came along. Then I liked them again. One Direction is awesome. Yeah, they are. Um... But uh, yeah, I loved NSYNC. They were my ultimate. And I actually, I think it liked a lot of times the things you do as a child tells you who you will be as an adult. I bought this album the same time as I bought um, uh, Rage Against the Machines, like Renegades of Funk album. I love that I Rage that Against this, the Machine has come twice. up twice in our Christmas episode now. <laughs> when I used to put up a Christmas tree, I used to do it too, Rage Against the Machine, you know, just to rebel well, there against you go. the youth. Or they, I guess the adults, yeah. Um, no, like, yeah. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays is super fun. And if you were my age in 1998, like 13, it was everyone loves this song.
I have one more to bring up, and this was not on my list, so I'm blindsiding you with this one, but it, it's kind of a glaring omission. Um, there is a wonderful, this falls in line with what I was talking about at the top of the show, how things that are go totally unnoticed when they come out, and then years later, somehow, we're still hearing them. <laughs> so I have to bring up uh, Carney and Wendy Wilson's Hey oh, Santa. Yeah. Because Wilson Phillips had dissolved, essentially, because China Phillips left the group. So Carney and Wendy were like, fuck it, let's do a Christmas album. So they come up with this Hey Santa. Hey Santa. Which is just this is as 90s as the early yes. 90s gets. I mean, like, holy crap. If there's a museum somewhere, some kind of alien time museum, <laughs> and it's like, this was 1993. Like, just watch the Hey Santa video. Yeah, like, That was 1993. I don't remember this. Like, to me, like, I don't know. I don't remember this song being big or, like, a lot of people playing it. I just remember always. I just always but know it. But you always hear it. Yeah, I've you always, always known hear it. always hear this song. I, I don't know. Yeah, like, it's cheesy. I could easily, I don't hate it, but I could easily see people hating it. Like, whenever I listen to it. I gotta say, real talk, as as uh, somebody who very, very casually plays music, I still kind of refuse to call myself a musician. Because, you know, I don't have any formal no, training or anything no like that. No one likes them. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they they really, really do some impressive vocal harmonies, like Wilson Phillips, and, and on this song, too. Even just the, the beginning. They, they really, really harmonize with each other well. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I don't know. I know people like to slap on Wilson Phillips, and they're kind of a punchline. but great. But yeah, they they really really did have uh, great voices and and could harmonize despite the cheese factor of the music. They, I don't know. I thought it worked. I think they had beautiful voices, and I loved pretty much every song that they did. They did, and I, Hey Santa is definitely a, a good showcase of their voices. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for him, but he's nowhere in sight, and I wonder if he can hear me. Hey Santa. My last one is cheesy as hell, but I love it because I think it's beautiful. And it is just to make Christmas a little gayer. Judy Garland, have yourself. <laughs> I mean, we've talked a lot about gay Christmas and Rage Against the Machine today. Yep. Unexpected. Doesn't get any gayer than Judy uh, Garland. Anyway, You're right about Judy that. Judy Garland, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Yeah, that's a beautiful from song. From Spirit in St. Louis. Or Meet Me in St. Louis. Why did I say that? Meet Me in St. Louis, which I've never seen because I don't ever see movies. But I love this song because I... Like, I don't like Christmas. I only like Christmas when I think of it like this song. Because the song is, like, kind of sad. Like, it's really, like, talking about, like, yeah, everything was shit this year. Everything is shitty. But here's the hope. Like, everything is going to be better next year. Like, I don't think you can have the joy of Christmas without acknowledging the darkness of whatever is in your life. And whatever is in anyone else's life. And Judy Garland's voice is perfect for this stuff. Because she has, like, such a beautiful voice, but it's so raspy and has so much texture i get that that's probably from like the chain smoking and the drugs and the drinking (laughs) but i don't care it like to me like her voice always sounds so emotional and that's why this song like sometimes i'll hear it and i will cry like something about the way that she sings it it's much better than anyone else's version of this song just because her voice just sounds so dark but so hopeful at the same time i love it Merry little 
Well, I hope you enjoyed our uh, our romp through the the halls that have been decked with our Christmas song choices. <laughs> we decked the shit out of them halls. We did. <laughs> Those halls will never be undecked. Yeah, you try to undeck them. You good Pieces good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, enjoy our Christmas playlist. This will all be in a YouTube playlist for you on our. Um, on our website, which is offbeattrackscast.com. Yes, we are on Twitter um, at Offbeat Tracks. Would love to hear what your Christmas songs oh are, your, God, your yeah. favorite pop Christmas songs. Uh, let us know. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we'll see you uh, next week when the Yuletide has passed and we may be under a bank of snow. Ugh. Yeah. I'm and we're go. covered with a bunch of presents that we didn't really want. Exactly. So there you go. Hopefully some electronic music instruments. Maybe, Except maybe you those, got. That's I want those. We so. hope. We hope that everyone got a guitar this Christmas. That's right. <laughs> See ya. Jingle bells ring and jingle bells. This is now the outro of the show.